0: welcome to this episode of the sport kite podcast i am your host nick o'neill and i want to thank you for tuning in and listening this is the first episode of season three of the sport kite podcast and if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to the two previous seasons would love it if you did simply for the fact that it seems to be getting better with every single episode and Uh, This journey has been so incredible so far, and I'm really looking forward to where it's going in the future and always taking feedback. You can reach us at info at sportkite.org or find us on Facebook under sportkite.org. And yeah, we would love to hear what you think. And yeah. So uh, this episode, we'll get into it in just a few minutes, but this episode was actually a Q&A recording that we did where we had some of our regular panel members were in a group chat and we had two folks call in with questions that they just generally wanted to ask the group of people and kind of chat. And so we just kind of let that go. And it's really interesting to hear kind of what everybody has to say And their feedback so yeah I'll I'll get into that here shortly but I did want to go over some of the happenings in the sport kite world before we hop into the Q&A session and that is that uh, although unfortunately it looks like there is gonna be no sport kite competition this year traditionally the season ends in August uh, here in the United States at least Um, it's looking like there's going to be no actual sport kite competition in the United States. I believe there is some uh, sport kite competition over in Europe. There's the Masters competition and stuff like that. But in general, it's very low key this year. And you know what? Perhaps that's what we all needed perhaps we all just kind of needed to take a break and start with something new and speaking of something new uh we are doing the sport kite camp june 16th through the 19th in long beach washington make sure if you're booking tickets to come out to it you pick long beach washington uh You can find information about that on the sportkite.org website. We have an event page up. We also have it on Facebook, so you can find it there. Uh, This is primarily a dual line camp. Um, We're not going to say absolutely no to quad lines, but we know that there's quite a few quad line gatherings, and we kind of wanted to set up something that was a dual line sport kite camp. So that's really what this is, and there's... There's really like no requirements to come, even though we're calling it an invitational. We're inviting all dual line kite flyers to come out. That's really what it is. But yeah, we've got a house where we're gonna hang out. Uh, We're gonna share some meals. It's kind of like camp for adults. And it's for all experience levels, all abilities to come out and fly. So if you have been flying for a very, very short time and you're just kind of having some difficulty, or maybe you've been flying for years and you just want to come out and hang out with a whole bunch of people, this really is gonna be kind of the place to be for dual line sport kite flyers. Uh, we will have a handful of the folks from the sport kite podcast and, uh, that are also some of the top flyers in the United States that will be there. So you can use it as a learning opportunity. And they've already agreed to be like, yeah, dude, I would love to teach someone, you know, some new tricks and stuff like that. So folks like Paul DeBacher and Spence Watson will be there on hand, uh, flying shoulder to shoulder with everybody we're just gonna break out every single sport kite we got and we're gonna fly everything we can so we would love to have you there again this is a very like low-key just fun atmosphere where we're just gonna share this thing that we all love so yeah you can find out more information about it on the sportkite.org website on the event page or on the Facebook page we'll have it there It will be very, very helpful if you let us know if you're coming, because like I said, we're going to be doing some shared meals and we kind of want to make sure that we prepare for enough people, have enough food for folks there. Um, But yeah, yeah, really looking forward to that here in the near future. Some other news in the sport kite world that I just want to touch on real quick because they happen to also be sponsors of sportkite.org and that is that the following boutique builders, uh, Canvas Kite Designs, Kite Forge and Level One Kites USA all have sport kites available Uh, They're putting stuff out there. They're consistently just like creating content and they're putting out kites and they're all beautiful, high tuned machines. And all of those people have been uh, panel members on the sportkite.org group chats. So uh, if you can go give them a like, a subscribe, a follow, all that good stuff on all of their, their various platforms. Um, I know we've done a few episode interviews, like we did the interview with John Barresi. We've done the interview with uh, Devin and and John and talking about canvas kite designs. So uh, yeah, give them a follow, give them a like, give them a shout out, um, and of course, you know, maybe buy a kite or two. That'd be really awesome. Oh, and of course, Level One Kites USA, who is uh, run by my partner Paul DeBocker. Um, that is a lifelong partnership he has had with the original Level 1 uh, builder-owner person, and that is Jens Frank over in Germany, owner of Level 1 Kites. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, I have been rambling for quite some time. We've got some new music intro. We've got this new season, season three of the Sport Kite Podcast. And we've got this Q&A session that was a lot of fun. It's the first one that we did and we're going to do a bunch more of these. So if you have a question that you would like to ask the group, send it in and we will get you on one of the next Q&A sessions. We are also going to do and host some just general chats that may or may not end up on the podcast. They may just be, you know, like, let's get together and and chat. So do stay tuned to our Facebook page and our website and yeah. All right. Let's get into this Q and a session. All right. Uh, We have some guest callers on today. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves?
1: Sure. My name is Mike DiAguardo. Right now I'm living on the East Coast, halfway between Boston and Newport, Rhode Island. Those are my two favorite places to fly, just north of Boston and and right outside of Newport on Narragansett Bay. Um, And um, let's see, how can I say this? I'm originally from the East Coast. I was in the Air Force. And then when I got out of the Air Force, I settled in a place called Kirkland, Washington. One time I went down to Long Beach and we were just staying at a friend's place that it was a new bungalow. She was opening up and they wanted us to try it out. And we did. And We, she told us we could drive out on the beach. I said, great, We drove out on the beach. And all of a sudden I walked out there and drove out there and there was like 15,000 people out there. Well, it turned out to be wish gift. And, uh, we were there for the week. I just totally got hooked. We were there for three or four days afterwards, and I got to talk to some people afterwards. I ended up going home with a cheetah, a little 36-inch kite. Flew great on the beach. Wouldn't fly for shit when I get back to Seattle. And uh, so I didn't get discouraged. I found out where local flyers were. Turned out to be some guy named Mark Reed. And uh, (laughs) ever since then, I've been flying PRISM kite kites exclusively. Uh, Got a long history of PRISM. I'm a Prism diplomat, I was sponsored Prism Flyer. Um, And I moved back to the East Coast and then I became sponsored by High Flyers Flight Company as a competitor that lasted a few years until I had a heart attack. And then I kind of fell out of the competition circuit, but now I do demos, I do um, festivals, we do entertainments, we do gigs, we make them up and uh, yeah. So i've been flying since the early 90s at least that's how far back i can remember
0: (laughs) that is awesome uh nicholas would you like to introduce yourself
2: hey nick yeah thank you i'm in south florida my name is nicholas burridge burridge like a cold bridge burridge if you get (laughs) my name right uh i'm right now i'm in miami traffic and uh, I live in Lake Worth, which is South Florida, but kind of north of South Florida. Uh, I love kites; they bring me joy. Uh, sometimes when I'm setting up a kite, not so much joy. <laughs> it's kind of it's a pain sometimes, but thankful for the experience of flying kites. The thing I'm the thing that I really enjoy the most about flying kites. Is the variety. So he's got dual line, single line, fire kites. Uh, there's even like three line kites. And every one is a new experience. Every one is a new joy. It's a new thing to see to feel. And I live for that. I love to feel the difference between different types, especially dual line kites. Um, so, yeah, it's really me in a nutshell when it comes to kites.
3: And
0: I would, yeah, that's my intro, pretty much, okay. Awesome, Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, And uh, just also as a side note, uh, we do have right now, we're gonna have a handful more people signing on and we'll ask them to introduce themselves. But right now on the panel, we have uh, Paul DeBacher, Hunter Brown, Devin Koblay Morrison, John McCracken, and uh, we have Brett Marshall sneaking in, representing Quadline Kite Flyers and Ice Cream Eaters. <laughs> uh, so, uh, with that, uh, Mike, I was just wondering, do you have a question you'd like to pose to to the group for either a roundtable discussion or what have you?
1: If I had a question, I thought it would be answered questions.
0: Well, if you want to answer questions, uh, Nicholas, do you have a question?
1: Yes,
2: I do. I do have a question. And uh, and really, it's open for anybody to answer, including Mike or uh, Paul DeBock or anybody. I would love to hear from both of you, just because I know your names (laughs) really well. But uh, uh, in what ways do you guys find joy in in flying kites like uh what what is it about kites that kites that really keeps your joy and your happiness and your uh even your like your peace with kites i'm I'm going for higher emotions when it comes to kites because i do find sometimes as much as i enjoy them I have some resistance to even going out and flying sometimes. So I'd like to find new inspiration to go out um, and wondering how you guys keep yourself motivated or um, keep yourselves in the joy of flying.
0: Uh, uh, Mike, I'm, would you like to answer? I'm probably
1: the oldest flyer here. You know, I guess it's safe to say that. Um, I could probably say, answer that in two words, solitude and sharing. Okay, uh, they're, they're, they're both on two different sides of the spectrum, but what you get out of it is peace within yourself while you're flying by yourself. And then the joy of sharing and teaching somebody else to fly or just having a little six or seven-year-old kid come over and get between your arms and have them hold on to the handles while you're flying the kite with them and stuff like that or actually teaching somebody else how to fly or, or, and you know, that part of it there and, and the whole spe- and the whole range in between. So between those two words, you can get that experience every time you go up flying.
4: Okay. Yeah. Paul here. Um, um I'll hook into that. And and, and Mike already used can- a couple of words that, that I was going to use. Um, but it's 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 peace of mind uh, for me is what is what flying is it's when i fly there is nothing else there and it's i think the only time and place that i'm that i'm that i'm completely focused on that one thing that there's no noise no no distractions no no nothing else an empty head if you will and uh that that is hard to come by for me these days so um that is, is what flying is and does for me. Um, as far as I think a second part of that question is how do you keep doing it? The answer in all honesty is, is, is not. It, it comes with fits and spurts these days for me. Um, I've been flying since the early 90s and, and but I haven't been flying 30 years or however long that is uh, in in every day or every week kind of thing i need to keep it keep it fresh by taking my distance from it occasionally so there's my
5: take on that thank you guys i'll jump in i'll jump into that just to add to it um i mean mine's mine's really similar i mean i started flying late 80s early 90s as well somewhere somewhere in there and um you know there was a period in the 90s where I mean it was it was my top passion do it every day hardcore push it push it push it learn 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 um and then as I as I got as I got into different stages of life you know that that changed a bit um owned a kite store for nine years I mean flew a lot then as well but as life changed different stages it it got away from being that work thing and got to be um you know just something I was able to do for fun and for me I mean, similar to Paul, I mean, it's, it's that way to get away and clear your head. Um, You know, I find that now, you know, with having that corporate day job kind of thing, you know, you got to get out and just release every now and again. And it is a release for me. And then as I look back on the different, again, those stages of life, there's been, as everyone has, there's down parts of your stages of life, rougher times. And I can remember very clearly how kite flying helped me kind of just clear my head and, and regenerate and and get going um and then how do you stay motivated to do it i mean i get inspired by watching videos of of different people you know, flying and doing cool cool stuff with their kite and that inspires me to want to learn that um and continue to go and then new designs and things like that that come around those are all things that keep me motivated
6: okay i guess this one's my turn um I'm Devin, Copley Morrison for those who are listening or will listen to the recording later. Um, I started flying around 94. Um, so pretty much all of my life, 26 of the 30 years of my life. <laughs> um, and kiting has, it's changed. It, it, uh, kind of where I have it in my life and how close I hold it has changed quite a bit, uh, growing up. Um, at first it was almost something that I, I used to learn discipline, so that was really exciting to kind of figure out like how consistent you have to be and how much you have to shed to get something the way you want it, et cetera, um, kind of growing up and kind of learning that. And then I, I found myself keeping myself, I guess, full of joy, as, as you said, in the, in the kiting world by kind of shifting my focus from flying and consistency to teaching, to design, and like collaboration, and now we own a business, like, and all that stuff. And I've found as I grow up more that it's okay not to necessarily have all of those subjects spark joy all at the same time. Um, the beauty of having all of those is that you can toggle back and forth between them. Um, so like, as you guys know, I, I released a ton of stuff that I designed in the last, you know, year, year and a half. And that maybe doesn't bring me so much joy right now because I'm tired. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah. So, like, now it's, yeah, Brett gets it too. Like, so does John. It's like, I mean, God, John's stowing an intention right now. But, like, you know, so now it's time to more focus on, like, the teaching and the connection and, like, talking with Brett about the media and stuff like that and, and kind of kind of shifting towards that um yeah I don't know I don't I don't think we have to necessarily think every part of it is all you know happy and we look forward to everything it's it's I think something that's always in a state of flux and I guess I've just learned to embrace that over time
2: Thank you. Uh, did any of you that shared want to add anything else after hearing everyone else, everyone's responses?
0: Well, actually, uh, Brett, you want to hop in?
7: I can do that. Brett yeah. Marshall here. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of there with Paul, where it's like you don't have to do it all the time day after day you know you can it's okay to take breaks sometime but for me i just kind of stay fresh because i've got so many damn hobbies like i'm not just specifically always going to the field to fly a kite it's like oh, i'm going kayaking so i'm bringing my kite with me or i'm going hiking so the kite comes with me or what what have you Um, And then doing a lot of the media stuff, the recording and editing and that kind of thing. There's kite building. Like, I'm into just so much different stuff. I can do what kind of tickles my fancy at the time. And if there's something I don't want to do, I don't have to do it. I can go to something else. And uh, so that kind of keeps it fresh and awesome for me.
0: And if we can get John to stop sewing for half a second.
8: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sorry. I realized I missed a seam on this kite, so uh, readjusting and putting it back in there. Ah. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, the leading edges aren't on yet, so uh, I can manage. Uh, for, for me, um, you know, I, I sew full-time right now with Devin and Canvas Kite Design, so it might be a little bit different for me. Hang on, let me get this so it doesn't fall off and mess it uh, might be a little bit different for me, uh, cause I stare at kites all day, every day, uh, for the time being. Um, but you know, kind of like Hunter, um, you know, kites are, a, an escape and a, a release for me. Um, when I fly, I typically fly by myself. There aren't any flyers in my area. Um, so when I fly, which which honestly isn't very often. It's it's by myself for hour, hour and a half at a time. And I, you know, get my escape in, get my fill and kind of go on my way and get ready for whatever I have coming up, whether it's a festival or just need to refill my emotional mental tank and go on my way.
0: All right. We had uh, two people sign on, one who has been uh, a repeat uh gentlemen here on the podcast i was about to say repeat offender <laughs> uh zach gordon oh uh, by the way happy birthday and would you like to uh also answer the question
9: thank you thank you big 30 years old um i've been flying since ninety six, ninety eight, kind of thing around there um <clears throat> Staying motivated with kiting, for me, it really stemmed from the competitive nature of things um, or trying to just, yeah, I guess, be the best that I could be in um, the given sport. Um, I think now that might have shift because I'm not really competing anymore um, to just kind of trying to learn new tricks um, or... I guess, yeah, perfect the little idiosyncrasies of of kites. Um, or as Brett said, I kind of, I bring the kite along when I go and do other things. So I live about 10 minutes from the ocean. And so I like to go just chill at the beach and have a bonfire. And almost always a kite comes with me. And it's a it's a very calming experience for me now. Now that I'm not <clears throat> necessarily pushing myself in that competitive nature or competitive world it's more of a stress relief um something that i also think could be cool uh, to motivate you is uh, I, personally i always like to fly uh, with, with music on um and so when i was competing i was always trying to f- create um, a new routine or a new um, yeah i guess ballet performance to fly to um so it was kind of exciting to come home work on a track like edit the music and then go out to the field and see how it worked like when i actually tried to fly to it and that gave me like um i was doing something related to kiting that wasn't actually flying the kite um it was kind of another cool outlet and it gave yeah it gave me more um it just made everything feel more impactful like when i was able to nail the trick while nailing the piece that I created, not that I composed, but that I edited or whatever. Um, It all just kind of came together in a really cool way. And that, I think, made everything feel more exciting. Um, I don't know. For right now, though, I think kind of like what Brett said, too, I also have a lot of hobbies. Like, I'm really into disc golf. I'm into hiking, into beach hangs. And a, a lot of the kites do just kind of come along with that. I don't find myself, unfortunately, going out necessarily specifically to fly as much anymore. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think that that's what I got.
0: Awesome. All right, uh, we had another person. Uh, actually, another two people sign on uh, We'll go ahead and introduce them That would be Jason and John Would you guys care to introduce yourself? Uh, Jason, you go first
10: Hello uh, My name's Jason Dalton I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana um, You know I As far back as I can remember Every Easter I'd get a kite little cheap dime store kite And I absolutely loved it till I broke it, which usually didn't take, you know, more than an hour at best. Um, and I, I got some single line kites growing up and, uh, didn't know anything about dual line, um, say, uh, stunt or, you know, trick kites had never even heard of a quad line. Um had a neighbor that had a tetrahydro kite and a bunch of other really cool single line show kites he'd hook to his tractor and stuff. And, and so that was kind of my first love with kites and, and, uh, had my last kite when I was 28 that I got at a go fly kite store in Louisville single line. Um, no, actually that one was the dual line, my first dual line kite and, uh, my, Ex-wife's daughter wanted to fly it and she was five and good gust of wind took that kite away and that was the end of it until April of last year. I bought a $10 kite at a souvenir shop in Myrtle beach and flew it on my 50th birthday and I was like, Oh my God, this is what I need in my life. And then went to cligs about a easy sport 70. Lines were a foot off and they might as well have been, you know, rope or twine. Um, so I couldn't even get off the ground. I came home and and got on Amazon, ordered some more single lines and then got on YouTube and want to learn how to fly dual, that dual line. And I found the prism videos and the dog Gross, And then I saw this guy flying this quad line kite indoors What is that? And so I went down and started looking at the videos and then I found Brett Marcel making a gin kite in his basement. Um, So from April, it started with a $10 kite by June. I had a rev and I was at my first kite festival lions and met, uh Devin and and John McCracken and and Brett and uh John Trinopole, Mary Ann and uh, a whole laundry list of others um and I've been hooked ever since and uh I had maybe 4 or 5 hours on a quad line until I flew with uh Patrick Rybold he lives not too far from me had about 45 minutes experience with him until i met you all down at spi which i will see you there next year too um i've already got my plane ticket to whisk and playing in which festivals i want to go to each month till then and i'm you know i'm a self-employed plumber i struggle to make ends meet and and uh put food on the table but you know a, a switch has been flipped in me and i've Fallen in love with uh, the kite community and all of you, as much as I have the kites, you know, it's, it really is a spiritual thing for me. And I don't even worry about the stunts and the tricks so much. They'll come, you know, I'm just having fun with it. You know, I've got other hobbies too. Stereos and guns and bikes and you name it. But, uh, this one's the only hobby I've ever had. I've been willing to travel across country for. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> Very nice, Jason. We're gonna come back to you in, in just a second. But uh, the other John that has signed on, uh, John Bressi, would you care to do just a quick hello?
3: Is this, is this the room for Beanie Babies?
0: Yes, this is the Beanie Babies <laughs> chat. <laughs>
3: Excellent. <laughs> um, kind of preaching to the choir here, y'all. Um, but uh, John Bressi, Portland, Oregon. Um, now, for the most part, Long Beach, Washington. Um, shoot, man, I've been flying since nineteen ninety. Dual line, quad line, single line, indoor, outdoor. Don't really care. Um, <laughs> all
0: all lines, yeah. indoor, outdoor yeah. use only. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's, it's my entire thing. Other than mm-hmm. other than uh, living life and playing with my son. Yep.
0: All right, uh, Jason, did you have a question you'd like to ask the group?
10: Yes. So, you know, you guys are doing what you love. Did you ever imagine that it would be bigger than just going out and flying kites that you would, you know, get some somewhat celebrity status? Um, Because I got to tell you, when I was in the same room with all of you in SPI, I was on sensory overload. I had to get out of there. It was just, I was overwhelmed. It's like, this is kite royalty here. You know, Paul even mentioned it. and I, I was like, oh my God, you're right. And I was just like, wow. You know, did you ever realize you would have that kind of effect on people? That's my question.
1: Is it being a celebrity or is it just notoriety? I, 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 mean, I guess The, the notoriety. and
10: and realizing, you know, when, when I started flying in April of last year, I was having some real bad digestive health issues. I mean, really bad. I was looking at more surgeries and I was, you know, the pandemic, I was in some real bad depression. I was a bad spot in my head and I have come out of that. I have gained like 16 pounds since I've started flying, I've only, you know, I went two and a half years uh, getting sick every 30 days until I found all of you guys. You know, you just w- what you guys put on YouTube and the time you've taken with me has helped change my life. Did you ever think that you would help change people's lives?
1: I, I think that goes back to my first answer, to the answer to the first question I gave about the two words for why I fly. Solitude and sharing. There's a good example of sharing. You know, these guys were able to go ahead and and show you something that you fell in love with and embraced. And you were able to go ahead and learn from that. And and that guided you along the path to go ahead and pick up a new hobby and a new passion. That's part of sharing. And, And you're probably...
10: Be paying
3: it forward in time yourself, right? To to chime in on that, um, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't didn't experience any particular foresight into it. No, um, I, I I know that I never had a choice in terms of needing to fly. I needed to fly, and I love being around the people, and, uh, and, and that was certainly heard in the early days by. Seeing the old magazines, Sun Kite Quarterly, American Kite Magazine, um, seeing the character and the personalities, and at the time, the real kind of sporting representation of, of what everybody was doing and, and the different ways that they did it, um, that stardom or that influence predating my own entry, um, I think that was that was pretty influential to me, um, but at any point during that junction, did I did I think about mm, some sort of an outward impact um, with myself or, or the other flyers, except the ones that I was looking at, of course? Um no, no.
9: I, um, okay, thank you. yep. This is Zach. Um, I don't, I don't know if I ever really, um, yeah, I had any kind of a plan for that. Um, I don't, I mean, I started flying really when I was like six years old and I just liked it, um, and wanted to just get better. Um, so then naturally with competing, I'm a competitive person. I wanted to be the best that I could be. And I think because of that, there is some notoriety that comes from that just naturally. It wasn't anything that I was necessarily seeking out. Um, You know, there were a couple of times when, you you know, I would get noticed. I mean, it was cool, um, but it it wasn't like I, I, I wanted that, like, stardom. And I don't know, even in the kiting world, I mean, there's definitely some people, but is stardom necessarily accurate? I think it's more of just you know them you are you it's almost more of a respect thing i think for me like man they're they're good at what they do and they're passionate about it and that's what's cool um they don't even need to be amazing they could just be passionate and i think passion uh, is is awesome in the kiting world so yeah
6: yeah i'm gonna gonna kind of piggyback off of what zach said this is Devin. um yeah, I think that that stardom concept and everything, it is kind of more of just respect and kind of getting along this line of like, well, oh, they're really good at what they do. Like, And I think someone mentioned notoriety. I don't necessarily, I don't think this whole celebrity thing is, is really a thing. Um, like for me, when I got into it, I mean, I was young and stupid and like afraid of like a three foot stacker that was going to pull me across the field and like people for some reason saw something in me and you know spent a lot of time with me like at grand haven and you know yada 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 and you know john and marianne were obviously very helpful and helped me get my first design out there and had always talked to me about like you know there will come a time where you know like this generation will retire and like someone's got to take it not take like their business you know what i mean but like someone has to step up like and i think that time it just kind of happened it's not really something that i pursue i don't really like to be someone like in a spotlight i kind of like to be off to the side (laughs) um so i just consider everything that's being done is kind of like essentially not just throwing away what everyone else gave me and it's just kind of passing down what they taught me. And then also maybe, you know, putting some stuff out there to keep the sport alive and to keep the creativity alive, um, not only for me and for John, but, you know, for everyone and to kind of keep it going. Cause I mean, who else is going to, um, I had these kind of talks with JB a couple years ago about kind of like stepping into that. And Brett has been really helpful with like navigating that. And it's, I think it kind of just is what it is. Um, and I think everyone's kind of in that boat together. There is this kind of strange transition right now. Um, but it's also really exciting. I think, I think it's just kind of rolling with the punches and, and putting the love for this whole thing first and just doing what you have to do. And the stuff that we're discussing right now is kind of just like a byproduct of that and i that's just kind of how i see it hey jason paul here um
4: uh, kite celebrity I'm, i've always been extremely extremely uncomfortable with 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 the term i see john barresi smiling at me right now ah even closer to my mouth gotcha <laughs> um i've always been extremely uh, uncomfortable with the label with the with the term with the i don't know i don't even i don't even have the words i enjoy being on the field i enjoy hanging out with the flyers i enjoy sharing i am not shy oddly enough on the demo field i don't care anymore at that point it's 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 i don't i don't exist anymore right it's it's the kite and the performance at that point um so yeah i I suppose interesting question and and i am aware these days that that word has been has been used it's it's not something that I identify with whatsoever
0: all right uh Brett Marshall or we just had uh Spence Watson signed on either of you have input on on that question
7: I mean, I'm still the young guy trying to keep up with everybody else. So um, yeah, celebrity is, is tough, but I don't know. The fact that I've had an impact is just pretty cool. I don't think about it very often and I don't expect it to ripple around and make people want to fly kites or, or any of that. It's just doing what I love and what I do. And think if you have a passion for something it's gonna ripple out and other people are gonna want to do it like that's yeah that's kind of where i'm at we're all in this together we're all equal right like we just love freaking kites man
1: some axles are just flatter than others that's right
10: <laughs> i like kites that's uh bottle cap.
11: <laughs> yeah sure um I guess, similar to Brad, I never really, I don't really think about it that much. Um, I'm, at times there's like, you know, when I've been involved in like a particular, like a show or something like that, then, then you kind of feel it a bit more. Cause it's like, you're the center part of like, you know, a performance, especially when it's like a, like a big paid thing, you know, um, like that kind of, that feels a bit different. Like I, I remember going down to, um, Florida for Brookstone Firestone corporate thing John was there Um, and it was like you know we're here flying kites next to like gymnasts and like you know all this stuff Um, you know I did a thing in Singapore where I was with this this chick who usually does uh, Cirque du Soleil stuff and she was amazing and it was like you know just this that felt a little bit more starry I guess Um, you're kind of like a, a performer on like a in a little bit more of a professional setting rather than just like on the beach um, but still probably wouldn't call it general stardom. Like no one really knows who I am. Like, yeah, I guess a few hundred people, <laughs> great. Um so, you know, I, I appreciate when someone identifies that I helped them in some way when I don't even really realize it. And that's kind of nice. Um sometimes there's a little bit of an ego boost, but sometimes it's just kind of a you know, that feels nice that I had a positive impact on on somebody. Um, You know, I've had times where someone will come up to me and say, oh, you stopped by, and and when I was flailing off on the side and helped me out, and that was, that really meant a lot, and um, when I've gotten those, it, like, just makes me feel I should do more of that, Um, because it feels good. It's good to, you know, that someone had a nice positive experience with someone in the kiting community when they were out on the fringes, and that kind of brought them in a little bit further, and um so that's nice but yeah otherwise I'm just here doing what what's interesting to me um so you know and people like things you know like people that are doing interesting things so i guess some of that kind of comes hand in hand but it's more about what's interesting than it is any
0: concept of stardom so awesome uh nicholas did you have another question maybe for the group? Not sure if he's still there, I hope he is. I'm lives.
2: still here, yeah. No, I, I don't have another question, although I am curious as to if anybody wants to know the impact that their answers had on me.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I you can't see uh, everyone's nodding their head, like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, we'd <laughs> love, to, love to hear it.
2: Okay, cool. So yes, um, what I got out of most of what what everybody said. By the way, thank you for everyone who who um, answered. And it sounded like you guys all answered the, uh, the as honestly as you possibly could, which I really appreciate. Um, uh, one thing, I hope you guys are enjoying the background music. By the way, I'm in a bathroom in Miami. <laughs> go me um, I the, the one thing that I got was like this sense of freedom from a lot of the different answers like freedom freedom seemed to be very important um, you know to be free enough to move you know from different aspects of kiting depending on how it makes you feel or if you want to and also Uh, I forget who answered sharing and um, solitude. Was it solitude or solitude? Yeah, it could have been. Sharing and solitude. Um, I really appreciate that answer as well because it really simplifies it. And it does put it into perspective because one, you're giving to yourself the gift of tithing. And the second one, you're giving the gift of tithing to someone else which feels really good and inspiring to hear. So thank you again for all your answers. And um, the impact it had was I feel more inspired to go out hiding and to really like notice how free I feel or if I'm really enjoying it and then being okay with if I'm not, you know, and, you know, seeing how, what ways I could have fun. And then so I can share those ways with other people. So thank you.
0: Ah, thank you very much for for sharing that. Um, again, i I know you called in on the phone so you can't see folks' video screens, but you saw a lot of kind of grinning faces and 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 gratitude for what you said all right and on that note i hope you enjoyed that quick little session that we did with the guys uh asking questions and kind of sharing the stoke and all that other good stuff uh we do have a little bit more of that that we may release in one of the next few episodes and then like i said we're going to do another few of these q a sessions so do stay tuned if you like what you hear here or maybe you disagree with it or you've got you know, comments, questions, concerns, whatever. Uh, drop us a line at info at org, or shoot us a message on Facebook. You can also always find me under Nick O'Neill on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm on all of the good old kite stuff, um, and I generally respond uh, within a day or two to messages. So if you have a a question, a comment, concern, feedback, any of that, would love to hear it. Or maybe you have a question you want to send to the group and have the guys talk about it. Or maybe you know about something that's coming up in the sport kite world. Oh, please, please let me know if you know of something coming up in the sport kite world. All right. With that, I'm going to head on out. I hear that uh, the wind is kicking up and it might be time to go out and fly. So. Love y'all. See you on the field.